it's causing people to like lash out at farmers, mm-hmm. I feel like. They're having misinformation, I think, mm-hmm. given to them or presented to them. And they're taking it out on us without knowing what's really going on, I think. This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. More and more people are telling us there are things that make growing food and farming harder than it needs to be. And this week we hear that same message from Maisha Wilson, a farmsteader near Custer, Washington. This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. I'm Dylan Honkoop, sharing the real stories of the people behind our food here in Washington State. And you need to hear what Maisha has to say from her very small-scale farmstead perspective on the challenges of growing real local food. So when did you get into growing food or decide, I'm going to grow food? Well, we started doing it like when I was little, so I never knew anything else. And then, um, unfortunately, we had to get away from it. Mm -hmm. And so probably about 15 years went by and it was like, we have to get back to this. Like, we want to show like my kids and my niece and stuff, like all about that kind of stuff. And so we were like, let's look for some properties. So about, let's see, almost four years ago. We, we got this place and then I just started acquiring chickens and stuff like that. And it started out just more for us as a homestead. Yeah. And then, um, my, my son, he came up with an idea and he was like, we always have extra fruits and vegetables and like, we could totally have a farm stand. And he had like this, <laughs> this picture that he drew of him standing in a farm stand with people in line <laughs> holding up with a, um, with a talking bubble saying, take our money. <laughs> so I was like, dude, that's a really good idea. Yeah. So then um, with like the egg money and like different fruits and stuff that we had um, a bounty of, yeah. um, I saved all that money and bought them like different stuff to be able to make a, a farm stand. And I was like, yeah, like this will teach you guys so much stuff. Right. And like the fact that you want to share this with people, I think that was really important yeah and then you can just kind of keep building that's how the yeah. addiction starts right oh it's pretty bad <laughs> but to go back like you were your parents farmers no or not... you just kind of did it around the house or yeah they were more homesteaders it was like yeah. you know it was just the cheaper way to eat and it was the better way to eat yeah you can control so much so right um yeah we had 20 acres so we had mm. all kinds of stuff beef pigs chickens huge garden where did you grow up? In Deming. Well, near Van Zandt, actually. Okay. So. Nice. Yeah. So that was, was nice just place. kind of in your blood from the get-go then. Yeah, definitely. So what were you doing for those 15 years when you weren't around farming, growing food? <laughs> Wishing to get back to this, definitely. <laughs> we ended up, we had to move to a lot. And yeah. it just was like, this is not for us. Like, yeah. we have to find a way out. So, And we did. I had that same experience. Yeah. I lived in town for one year and I'm like, never I again. I, I don't think I can do this anymore. No. <laughs> so you started at that. When, when did you start calling it next generation farmstead? Like how did all that all come about and how did you get to where you are today? So I started thinking about like different things, like what we were about and stuff. And I am kind of nerdy like that. So I was like, oh, next generation. Like, I'm really into Star Wars, but that's more of a Star Trek name. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, but it flows with it. Also, the fact that, like, the next generation, which is me, the kids, you know, maybe their kids, I don't know. But, and then we're also raising next generation of of, um, animals. So I was like, okay, that works. And then 
our farmstead, like I was like, okay, well, we're not really a homestead. We're not really a farm. We're kind of both. Yeah. And so really we're a homestead ran business. So Mm -hmm. that's where I kind of came up with that. I love it because in my advocacy work, all the things that I've done, the families and farms that I've gotten to know, small or large, to me, that's like the foundational thing about a family farm. The core. Is the next generation. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Of course, anybody's trying to make money, at least hopefully to pay the bills. Yeah. Maybe not every year. I mean, everybody is like hoping to strike it rich or something, but you know, that rarely happens. Oh yeah. And I don't think it would be farming, but yeah, (laughs) there's other paybacks, but it's, so it's, it can't be all about that. It's all about creating something then that the next generation can continue. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and like the values with it. Um, I didn't just think about like, okay, we're, we're going to make some money or something. Right. It's the fact that like we're teaching nutrition we're teaching economics we're teaching business like all of these different things and plus like a lot of it's labor intensive so you're getting a workout so there's so many more benefits and like a lot of it's being lost and Mm. and i feel like if a lot of people got back to it even in a small form there you would you would reap a lot more benefits than what we are or are seeing right now yeah even if like a majority of people's food wasn't necessarily sourced that way. I mean, as much as possible is great, but it, as you probably know, and as we encounter with a lot of, it's tough to grow all, you know, especially if you want to have diverse meals all the time, that's a lot. But even if people do just some, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, I think that brings this connection between food and the land and exactly. And I always feel like, okay, well, if we did some and then the neighbor you know, has a different variety available. Well, guess what? Now we can trade, we can do different things. So then you can, you can be able to, to get more local stuff without having to like rely on you being able to do it yourself. Yeah. So what do you all grow? Um, We have vegetable, like a vegetable garden and stuff like that, you know, like basics, like zucchini, peas, you know, just stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mainly we raise um, pigs chickens and turkeys um we are dabbling in bees this year Mm. so we're going to try that um but we have all kinds of stuff here we have ducks and i sell those eggs um we have a rescue rabbit um that so she just kind of hangs out but she helps fertilize the garden so there's that and then uh the goats i got the goats because they're just kind of fun like they don't get milked or anything but um you can't be sad around a goat. Like they're always <laughs> ridiculous. They're always doing something. And, and, um, kind of the cool part too, I've had friends that are like, Hey, can I just come hang out with the goats for a little while? Like it's been a rough week and <laughs> goat therapy. Yeah, exactly. So like <laughs> so awesome. it, you may not eat them or something from them. Right. Right. But they provide something in another way. And they, you know, provide nutrients out in the field too. Exactly. Like the rabbit. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, talk about that idea of sustainability. That sounds like kind of part of what you're interested in and doing this. How do you view that? I just feel like when you see stuff in the store and the prices and and the quality is going and the fact that like being able to sustain yourself where where we were having this issue of going into the grocery store and there's nothing there. And I don't think that that should be a reason for that. Like there's no way that anybody needs to freak out. And and yeah. I feel like the way that we're doing things where we're able to go 
well, my food's walking around the backyard right now. Yeah. So it's kind of a comforting feeling being able to do those kinds of things and have have that available to you. So yeah. food security. Exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, like during COVID, people were just kind of going off the charts and like, it's understandable. I mean, it's one of the top things that you need to live, right? Yeah. But only thing more important is water. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all part of it too. Yeah, exactly. So. But when we, I mean, the population used to be 97% connected with agriculture. Now it's 3% or less mm -hmm. when everybody needs food. So why, why is there such a disconnect now? How do you see that manifesting, I guess, that disconnect? I and mean, we talk about that a lot on this podcast. Mm -hmm. How does it happen from your perspective or, or, or what is it causing? It's causing people to like lash out at farmers, I mm -hmm. feel like. Um, a, a lot of it that's being said is like people are not, they're having misinformation, I think, mm -hmm. given to them or presented to them. And they're taking it out on us without knowing what's really going on, I think. And I think if people got more involved, even not having a farm, but like coming to see one, being a part of one, volunteer, whatever you, whatever you feel necessary that you could get educated by it yeah. would change people's perspective because the things people say to you mm -hmm. like is unreal. Give me an example. Like what? Um, How I've do they had, even like just stop you at the store or like, send you a message on your farmstead instagram yep. or what, what is it usually it's that or like a comment on there and i've seen other farm people be you know accosted on there and it's it's pretty intense but um i've had people say something as extreme as that i'm um abusing my kids by subjecting them to like butchering and stuff like that so because that, they see butchering happening yeah and that's, that, child, that's abuse. child abuse so and what do you I'm say like, back <laughs> now that's the hard part because i mean like i i you know you want to say a lot of different things yeah. but my my main answer that's been consistent is like why don't you come out and you can visit us and you can see for yourself like what exactly we do and and all of those things and you can see for yourself that i can change your mind and no one has ever taken me up on that Wow. And it's always an argument like, I'm not coming there to see that. Oh, my gosh, you, you know, you just want to kill something. And it's like, no, that's it's a really hard thing to do. It really is. It's there's still a part of you that goes, ah, oh, this hurts. You know, like yeah. it's not that we're just out here just slaying stuff for no reason. So, right. Yeah. It's part of the circle of life as mm -hmm. it has been for eons. Yeah. And I was actually talking to um, my two kids and my niece about it, about like why people react this way and stuff. And my seven-year-old niece was like, but auntie, we could just show them. If we show them that we, we give the animals love, they would think differently. So if a seven-year-old can figure it out, like I think other yeah. people should be open-minded to it too. Some people say, well, okay, well, you love them, but then, you know, you eat them ultimately. Mm -hmm. What? How do you answer a person like that? I mean, again, it's just like the circle, but if I can make sure that this animal had a good life and be able to, you know, fill my body with, with what I helped it raise to be, I guess, mm -hmm. like that's better than knowing that something got treated so bad and I'm just going to pay more than enough money for it. Right. Yeah. Right. And I've heard like last, I think it was last season on the podcast when we talked with Lulu Redder, who um, does pastured pork and stuff down, I 
think by Duval, if I remember right. I'm totally blanking on it. Yeah, that was by Duval. Um, she had a great thing, too. It's like, I want to make sure this is what she said about her hogs and, and other livestock. She's like, she wants to make sure they have all great days until, okay, they have the one bad day. Yep. And, like, on one hand, that sounds harsh. But then if you think about, like, the human life. Right. Like, I know the, the likelihood of me having a lot of bad days at the end, whenever that is, is much higher than it just suddenly being over. Right. And that's where some people are like, you know, if I could go out a certain way, well, that's part of this. And really, what's the other option? Yeah. You know? And we're we're in control of that. Like, most of the time, nobody knows it's going to happen, right? Like, yeah. I make sure that I'm, I get really close to them to where, like, they trust me and they'll, they'll follow me and stuff. Like, the pigs especially, because... If you ever had to chase a pig, yeah. <laughs> it's not fun. It's a lot better if you just have them follow you and, yeah. you know, right on back. But I just get it to where, like, they're not afraid of me so that when I do come for them, they're just like, oh, it's a normal day. They yeah. don't know it's going to happen, and they're I'd rather it be like that. Stressed and running around and yeah, freaked out. Yeah. So that's what you're talking about when you say, like, you feel like farmers are, people are lashing out at farmers. Like, is it, do you think it's mostly around the meat thing or like, what are the? Mostly around the meat. Yeah. It's always like the same type of comments that like we, there's meat in the store. Like I've had a lot of those comments I've even received and seen on other people's um, threads and stuff mm -hmm. where it's like, there's meat in the store and it's like, but how did it get there? And I don't know, it's just like, if you look at our products versus stuff in the store, it's not the same quality. Like, yeah. it's it's just not. Stopping just briefly to thank our sponsors, including Mana Insurance Group, uh, an insurance group I've talked about many times here on the program. They support what we do. And I'm a customer of theirs, and I support what they do too, which is taking a real hands-on local kind of an old-fashioned, you know, personal relationship kind of approach to making sure that your family's financial future is protected. Not just picking up the pieces when things go wrong, but having a plan in advance. That's what they believe in. They don't believe in pressure sales or anything like that. They want to come alongside and find what's right for you. So f check them out. Find them online, manainsurancegroup.com. Also, the Dairy Farmers of Washington doing something similar to what we do here oftentimes, which is sharing the real stories of the dairy products and the people and animals that produce them here in Washington State. You can check out their website at wadairy.org, and you can find out there more details about an incredible uh, farm tour, dairy tour, that they are planning coming up next month right here in the county where I grew up around dairy farming and berry farming and everything else that I grew up around. Check it out again at wadairy.org. People from all over are invited to come check out farms up close and personal. This is a way you can get hands-on even with some of the people we've talked with here on the podcast. Uh, we'll be talking about some of the specific farmers soon, but it, they do include some of the guests we've had here on the Real Food, Real People podcast. Again, I'm Dylan Honkoop here on the podcast sharing my journeys and stories that I gather along the way of the real people behind our food in Washington State. Let's get back to Maisha Wilson here on the podcast. So what's your secret? How do you get such high quality <laughs> products, food? I, I research a lot and I try yeah. to pick the best that I, while still maintaining, you know, um, 
like a lower price, but you know, I mean, I, I just want to feed them how I would want to eat, you know, quality. Yeah. So it's all about what goes in. Mm-hmm. I would think so. It just, you're, you're cautious of what they're getting and how much they're getting and you're in control of that too. Right. And then probably living a pretty chill life helps. Yeah. Too. Yeah. You know, when you get petted every day or treats yeah. or something, but, um, we do grow like one section of the garden just specifically for the chickens and the pigs and stuff like extra stuff. So they're getting fresh fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. too. Not just feed in a bag, which you yeah. probably have to do in the middle of winter. Yeah, we try not to be in the middle of winter. Like, we're pretty seasonal, too, because um, it's just me and my family, so we just handle it all of ourselves, and and you try to not be out there in the middle of December, you know, slopping hogs. Right, right, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, what there's a lot to it. What does a day look like for you? Because this isn't your only gig, right? No, I feel like I... Must think that there's like more hours in the day or something (laughs) for me, but no, I get up and then I'm usually up by five. And then because, um, my spouse and I have two separate properties. So, Mm. um, we have this one and then one in Deming. So I head to Deming, there's cows out there and then my ducks are out there. And then, um, I used to have a couple pigs out there, but, um, get those guys taken care of. My mom, um, comes out here, um, does the feeding of, um, the goats and the chickens here and and the ducks and stuff um and then yeah i go to work for eight to ten hours and then you come back and you make sure everybody has water and then i'm back <laughs> here and then usually the weekends is you know cleaning cleaning pens and stuff and picking up feed and checking on everybody you know trimming hooves and just yeah yeah <laughs> it's a long day do you want to eventually do something like that full time or what what's... i don't know like it would be nice um, but it's hard to like, it's hard to manage all of that to get bigger and stuff. And yeah. like with all the regulations and stuff, like mm. it's hard to, to really jump in, I guess. Like there's so many different avenues that you have to navigate to be able to, yeah. to go full force. Like some people have, which is awesome, but right. Yeah. Like I don't, what kind of regulations, what would be, well, like. With, like, the packaging, like, I only do custom cuts because mm. that's the easiest for me right now. Right. Um, for as small as that we are, like, to get the USDA label is just kind of difficult. And then yeah. I would have really liked to be able to officially put um, an organic stamp on our food. But, like, the cost to just have that done is is uh, pretty up there. So, I mean, I still tell people we are organic and stuff. It's just not certified. Yeah. And... And that's the other thing, too. It's so costly that I would have to incorporate that into the price for people. So I still hope that people, you know, do trust that it is organic just because it doesn't have the label that, like, I'm trying to I'm trying to save everybody money on that end of it. No, those are two things that I hear so often talking with people on the meat thing, for yeah. sure, like custom exempt where people have to per- basically purchase a share of an animal yeah. before it's butchered and wrapped versus buying it by the cut yeah which is usda and and so many guests on the on the podcast have talked about just how big of a shortage there is of places to do that how expensive it is how to even get a date uh to to have you know a shop do all of that is 
dang near impossible. Yeah, it sounds and there's like. a market for it right now. I mean, if yeah. anybody wants to, t- there's actually um, a poultry processing um, company that was like, okay, we're done and yeah. we want to sell, and there's no one to take it. And they're like, we would rather sell it to somebody local. Please, please, we'll show you how to do it, which is great. Like, I mean, I, I couldn't do it. I'd love to, but like, yeah. that's just not my avenue. But, yeah. but yeah, like there's nowhere to really go. It was a struggle, like for real, like this year or well, 2021 was like a struggle to find a butcher. And like, uh, luckily a lot of places will take the, the 4-H kids first, mm. you know, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something that people could get into if they wanted to. I mean, I understand that it's labor intensive and stuff, but yeah. we definitely need it. And, and same thing with the organic labeling thing. A lot of people are like, yeah, I follow organic practices mm-hmm. or almost, but do, getting the label is expensive and time consuming and frustrating and all that. So yep. I just don't do it. And it seems like the relationships with customers and the marketing is moving more towards like that trust, like, I trust you as a grower, a farmer, how you're growing this food more than some label that somebody, you know, slapped on a thing. Because, I mean, a package can either just be a bunch of marketing or it can be from somebody who's actually doing a good job. But I think there's even some skepticism there. Yeah, and I think that, like... I understand that there's regulations and things, but like, I don't think they need to be so tight where people can't even be able to do it. Mm. Like, and then some of the, the wording you're like, okay, am I reading this right? (laughs) Like I shouldn't have to navigate so hard to be able to produce food and properly. So it's just one of those things I think everybody needs to go back and look at. Like, why does it need to be so expensive? Right. Totally. So how does it all change? I don't know. I think you have to have that hard sit down with people and it's hard to get people to change their minds. It's like, nope, this is how it is. Nope, this is the reason why. Or sometimes people are like, because. Yeah. Like you're three years old or something. Right. No, that's the way it is. I think there needs to be some compromise to do. Like, let's look at the bigger picture here. Yeah. We shut down more local production of food at whatever level for some, you know, T that needs to be crossed, I that needs to be dotted. You Mm -hmm. know, it's totally nitpicking. And you miss the bigger picture yeah. of you know, sustainability, local food, carbon footprint, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And that's the thing, too. If you don't do it right, you get rejected. So then you have to apply again and you lose your money. So it's like if you don't do it right the first time and it's not like one of those things where you're like, hey, just show me. I just want to make sure like you're taking a chance on making sure that you understood it. Like, yeah. ugh. Yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah, it is. So do, do what do your customers say about that? People who buy from you. Like a lot of people would love to come by and just get a couple of um, pork steaks or stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? And I'm like, and it's also a really good way to showcase the meat because like when you do custom cuts, it's all wrapped up. You can't see it. Right, true. So um, a lot of people would be into it. They've always um, said like, hey, let us know if you can or what we can do to help. And it's like, I'd have to raise the prices. And I, I feel bad, but like, People are willing to pay for that because they want to be in support of this, especially when they know that um, we're involving the kids so um, deep into it, too. They're like, hey, they're learning all kinds of stuff. I support that. Let's do it. Yeah. So what do your kids do all do with uh, the farm? (laughs) Yeah, they do um, the garden and stuff. They'll go out and weed. They'll um, collect eggs and and wash them and stuff. And um, they'll go out and, and feed and every once in a while and stuff like 
it's a little harder sometimes to get them going, especially on days like this where it's nasty out there. Like, I don't <laughs> want him. Neither do I, but yeah. this is what we're doing. Yep. This is, you got to learn the hard part, too. So yep. Yeah, it's not all just fun and games all the time. Yeah. Sadly. And sometimes they come up with, like, the different little concepts or something, you know, or, hey, we should get this this year. So I like I like hearing their ideas and stuff. They yeah. have a different perspective than all of us sometimes. So, so what, what's on the horizon for you? What, what, are you going to add anything? Are you going to get bigger? Are you want to keep it this size? You talked about <laughs> not wanting to, to go big, go full-time, yeah. which I totally get that. It is a whole different ballgame for some people. Yeah, I add stuff, like, every year, I feel like. Um, so last year we did um, 50 meat chickens alone and or 55 something like 50 or 55 um this year i'm adding 70 and then i've added quail too oh wow so we're gonna we're gonna let them guys grow out and uh have whole quail available also wow i don't know if i've ever eaten quail people say honest. it's delicious like i had one lady tell me like quail and dumplings mm. that's the way to go mm. so we'll see we'll have see have you had it yet mm -mm. i was gonna say what does it taste like don't, don't tell know. me how oh, it tastes like chicken. <laughs> yeah. I would feel like it would be like a gourmet chicken. Yeah. But, but yeah, so in total, I have 105, 105 meat birds. Wow. Yeah. So my family's always like, okay, how much is it this year? Like, <laughs> we're going to do like 50, right? <laughs> yeah. Plus 20 more. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's fun. I, I we are, we're able to do it. So, and more and more people like reach out. Like last year when we sold out of chickens, everybody was like, what? You're already sold out. Yeah. 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 You got to, I get them quick. I guys get, yeah. You guys got to go fast, man. So that's always nice. So I feel like adding just a little bit more that we're able to handle to, to be able to get the people that we missed last year. Um, is really important growing that base to maybe where we are at a point where we can go, hey, let's do this full time. We have that customer base. Let's go for it. So I'm going to give you permission to brag just a little bit. What do your What do your customers say? Um, obviously they're they're loving it. It sounds like from from what you were just yeah. Describing I mean, just there. like a lot of positive feedback, and that's always a scary thing because like you never know what they might turn out like. Like what what if something happens right where it's like this pig was really fatty oh no or something right but <laughs> you never know and then like i get back i get you know that feedback back and i'm like okay okay i was freaking out the whole time for now then but but no just that they're they're happy that they can support something like this that it's local they know what this animal ate they know um how it was treated and they can go here they can come and visit if they want they can see their food walking around and and be able to see that the quality is given to it um and i've had um a couple people reach out um who've already are like we want to be back on your pork list when when is that like when when can we get another uh order so next generation farmstead is where people can find is that the handle on instagram mm -hmm. just at next generation farmstead yep sweet is there a website too no not right now i thought so about it but instagram. a lot of it's like um like people that i know or friends that have passed my name on and it seems to be word of mouth seems to be working right now so we just kind of do that and well, if you're selling instagram. out and <laughs> yeah why stress about doing more exactly yeah, yeah. And yeah, between the the Instagram page, I feel like right now that's probably enough. But we'll see where it goes. You know, you never know. Well, you started doing it at the right time as we yeah. headed into 
just before the pandemic, right? Exactly. Like, so the other job that I have is doing septic work and Mm. it's always going to be there, right? Right. Food, always going to be there. So it's like two things that's like, it's kind of a a security, not just for us, but but for people everywhere. So during the day you're driving trucks and dealing with, that's intense. Yeah. That's hard work. Yeah, it is. But it's pretty fun though. Yeah. Yeah. You make people happy, I'll tell you that. Yeah. You go all over the place or Mm -hmm. like, what's your... Um, we just stay in Whatcom County, but, um, yeah, we go all over though. Like, um, actually yesterday we went to Eliza Island even to do one. So, I mean, that one's going to be pretty cool, but, but yeah, I mean, we go all over and it's just, that's what you do. And then I, it's kind of interesting. I always feel like I'm digging, like I'm (laughs) here on the farm digging something. I'm at work digging. It's never. What did you do before that? And like back when, when did you do out of, where did you grew up in Deming? So did you go to Mount Baker? I high did, school? yeah. Nice. Yeah, I graduated in 07 and then I went to BTC for a little while for accounting and then I ended up just like having bartender jobs the whole time. Yep. And then, um, then we started doing this and then the pandemic happened and our place got shut down and it was like, okay, just wait it out, wait it out. And and they were like, no, we don't want to reopen. And I was like, no, what am I going to do? So um, this is where you had previously been working. mm -hmm. I'd worked there for three, maybe almost four years. And they were like, yeah, we're just going to do away with it, which, you know, a lot of places did. And it was unfortunate. And so I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And um, so my husband owns it or my spouse owns the business. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you want to just come pump septics with me i'm like sure okay and then i was like well i wonder about like the farm stuff you know like i mean what if we got more into that and then that's when aiden came up with his concept for the farm stand and i'm like that's perfect it's always gonna be there so let's do it and and it's been great honestly what do your parents think about it then knowing that you grew up doing this with them and now you're back into it I would imagine they're probably kind of pumped about it. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, there's sometimes where everyone's like, okay, that was too much this year or something. But <laughs> I feel like where everybody can be able to give their expertise on it, too. And that's the thing about keeping um, it so small that we're able to give all of our attention to the things that we actually know. Um, and, and where we're able to just, like, walk down here grab something out of the freezer and that was by our hands right yep. somebody one of us was um you know in charge of that so hands on so yeah you know exactly mm-hmm. everything that's going on yeah and like when we weren't doing this and my kids were little my like my parents would always tell them like oh man like we can't wait to get you guys you know animals and stuff and like be on a farm and you know include you guys in that like oh it's so much better they'd always talk it up so i think they're really happy with it what do you think people should know about farming? I mean, I think we've kind of touched on that already, but like if you had one shot to tell folks who aren't around it what they need to know, what uh, would it be? I would say that it's really important. Like I feel like people need to kind of go back to those roots and and get connected with a farmer, get connected in a way, like even if you grew tomatoes on your balcony, you know, just get into it a little bit more and you'd probably see the benefits of it rather than villainizing it so much. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me out here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. This is awesome. And and so far, the go- the goats tried to eat my shirt earlier. <laughs> I know. But so they're... far, they haven't attacked me. They're just very friendly. I know. I can't believe they're out. not like popping up as much as <laughs> before. Yeah. I don't know, we'll have to see if they actually appeared on the video 
or not. Yeah. Yeah, I think Aretha came up like a couple times. But. Awesome. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate yeah, thank it. You. And keep doing what you do. Again, at Next Generation Farmstead mm-hmm. is where people can find you. Yep. Awesome. Thank you, Dylan. This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. These are the stories of the people who grow your food. <laughs>